0: Yo, what's good, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another Queen's Review. I know I'm late. This is season one, episode three from last week, entitled, Who You Calling a Bitch? Now, the episode opens up with Naomi reading an article of a bad review the group received from their San Diego performance. So then it went from woman to woman who was reading and, you know, giving their own opinions about this review. Once they got all of their personal feelings out of the way, they did agree That the review was right. They were horrible and um, they needed to work on new music and they needed like a new style because the things that they were rapping about did not and does not apply to them at this moment in their lives. So they go to the studio, Naomi and Eric, they were feeling the beats and everything like that, but nobody else was. So this disagreement led to Brianna and Naomi in a rap battle. Which was epic. It was crazy. And in my mind, I'm like, damn, is there anything Brandy can't do? Now for those of us who are true Brandy fans, we know of B Rocka, which is her uh persona when she raps. And she has been on countless of albums as a rapper. More so Timbaland I know she really worked with Timbaland a lot when she was, you know, B Rocker or whatever. But um yeah, Brandy was just dope. She was good. Uh, now I ain't gonna lie, I do think Naomi won, but I must say that last round with Eve, excuse me, with Brianna, Eve demonstrated why she will always be a pit bull in a skirt because listening to that last round, I'm like, yeah, this is Eve. This is, this is not Brianna. This is not the character. This is Eve going ham. And she did. It was, it was a moment. It was a moment that I really enjoyed and I'm glad to see that so many people was, was like so supportive of that moment being that Brandy is not genuinely, generally, we don't see her as a rapper, but people were open and supportive of this. So I I loved it. So, you know, after that, you know, Jeff memory returns and he is very apologetic of his uh, affair. And so <sighs> I'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, um, so Brie goes to a divorce attorney and divorce lawyer basically told her, she advised her to make sure that there was no way she could reconcile her marriage because divorce is war. And, you know, Brie was like, no, Jeff is a, is a good father and things of that nature. And the divorce lawyer was basically like, look, I see this a thousand times. Men prepare for divorce in a way sometimes that women don't, women are kind of caught off guard. However, you just make sure that this is what you want to do. So, and I respected that. I really did. I, I respected that. I know with me, I don't know if I could come back from an affair. And not only that, it's just, you had this woman in our bed, in the house, the home that I have created, that we have created together for our f- five children. Cinco. Five. I, I, I don't know how you come back from that. I, I really don't. So... Brie and Jeff get a phone call from, <laughs> from their daughter's school because little Bit decided to wear the necklace that says nasty bitch that belongs to her mother so they the principal was not happy but Jeff read that principal for pure filth I loved it I ain't gonna lie Jeff gained some brownie points with me in that moment because not only did he you know come there in support of his daughter but he also uplifted Brie in that same moment and I was like all right Jeff okay all right I can see how Brie kind of fell for you just a tad bit just a tad bit but um (laughs) so you know he um he takes the Brie to this um to taste this bourbon um that he had cast on their wedding day and he said that he was going to give it to her on their 20th anniversary but he definitely understands that life is short and so there's no need to wait and so they were getting pure litty lit and she was like wait a minute is it okay for you to drink and he was like yeah I don't know. I was like, nah, brother, I, I, don't, I don't think it's okay for you to drink, especially not bourbon. But anyway, they was having a good time enjoying each other's company. And then Alexis, who was the mistress calls, which definitely destroyed the entire mood. So when they get back home, you know, Bria's like, she wanted to know everything. Was she the only one? How do you feel about her? And at first I think he said, like, does it matter? I said, wait a minute. It does matter. It does matter. Is she the only one? How long has it been going on now? Now that your memory back, brother, we finna have a whole conversation. What's going on? Let me know. So we find out that Jeff and Alexis has been going on for three to four months. And he says that it didn't mean anything. Like it doesn't. And I'm going to say this. When people cheat, and I can see if it was a one-time thing. But when you continue a relationship with someone for three to four months, it means something. It means something. She's doing something that you enjoy. There is something about this situation that is bringing you some type of pleasure and it has to be more than sexual to me. What is it about this little girl? Cause you're, tw- we find out I ain't going to get there yet, but you know, what is it about this student that you are craving? What is it about this student that you enjoy? Does she make you feel young? They didn't really go into detail with that. He just basically stated that it didn't mean anything. And so Like I said, I'll never understand that, um, that answer when people give. But anyway, um, Jeff asked Brianna, could she, like, were they done or could she forgive him? And at that point she could not give him an answer. She was basically like, you know, I don't know, which I could, you know, and that's another thing too. When you cheat on somebody and they have to process every, this is your, your wife and you have to process everything that this person just told you. I think it's selfish as hell to expect that person to be able to give you a an answer right then and there. So it's like, so what you going to do? You going to forgive me or what? No, that is unfair. You three to four months, you have been building something or having sex with this person. Yet you expect me to just, you know, give you this answer off the cuff. There's just no way to do that. But I... Sound like a typical man to me, but we ain't gonna go there. So anyway, let's, (laughs) let's go to Jill. So Jill is interviewed by Out Magazine and I could tell that Alicia who was interviewing her was feeling Jill maybe more than she should have been just their dialogue or whatnot. And then like off the record, she invited Jill out to this lesbian club with her and her friends. So Jill goes, Jill looks like she was really enjoying herself And, you know, all that like that. And she was just in her element probably for the first time ever, you know, having or enjoying the company of other women who shared her taste or shared her, uh, her sexual culture, sexual identity or what have you. So we see Jill in bed. She's writing some lyrics. Tina calls. She, she ignores Alicia texts her about dinner with the girls and Jill gets her happy ass up real quick and she goes to dinner so when she gets there the only person who's there is alicia alicia claims which i think alicia was lying but alicia claims that the other girls canceled and it was just her so as she's talking to jill or whatnot she places her hand on jill's lower southern region and i'm like wait whoa wait and so jill didn't move her hand jill I'm gonna just say, in my opinion, if it, if we would have had a couple more minutes, Jill would have had a full blown orgasm right there in that damn restaurant. So Jill did act like she had to use the restroom, and she ended up leaving the club. I said, "What, Alicia? You are so forward. That was that was a lot. That was a lot." But like I said, Jill wasn't you know wasn't denying access. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to that later. So um, that was something. That was. <laughs> <laughs> that was a moment. Cause I sat there in my mind. I was like, if I went to a restaurant and I'm with this dude and he's filling me up like this and I I'm with somebody, what would I have done? You know, I don't, I would hope I would have done the right thing, but I don't know. But that was, that was a moment. So we get to Naomi and her daughter comes out to LA for the first time ever because she has an audition at this prestigious music school or Academy. So as she's there, she meets these two miniature assholes because Naomi tells her, "You know, you should go and mingle and get to know the other students." And so, <laughs> as JoJo is mingling, Naomi, this woman, comes up to her and asks her to fix her a gin drink. And before the, this white lady could finish her sentence, Naomi was like, "You want to? Do you want to die?" Because this is my thing. Naomi doesn't even look like the damn help. She is not dressed like the damn help. How dare you? But this is what white people do this. I I can't tell y'all I have been to certain places. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you worked here. I'm like, do I have on a damn uniform of the employees that work here? That has happened to me like two or three times in my life. And I'm thinking to myself. Grace, grace save you today, baby. Great. That's I just say grace to people. I actually have a band that I wear on my wrist that says grace because sometimes you have to extend it to ignorant ass people. And to keep me from out of jail. But yeah, I thought that was like, she doesn't even look like anybody who would be fixing someone to drink. But anyway, so Naomi, um, she sees, uh, Jojo rehearsing. And in that moment, Jojo is basically nervous. It's her first time being nervous. She has never felt this way, but she was telling Naomi, but it, it, again, you've never been here. So she was dealing with her own stuff. And I think that her mom being there wasn't helping because at the end of the day, your mom is still explicit lyrics. So that could be nerve wracking in itself. And so JoJo was like, you know, she was basically going off on her. And, you know, Naomi was like, why do you always have to throw shots? And, you know, She asked Naomi something. She was like, "Didn't you?" oh, but Naomi was trying to explain to her like not to quit, to continue to go to move forward. And she was like, well, didn't you just, you know, give up on a solo thing? And we all know the reason why Naomi gave up on the solo contract, because if she signed it, then she could not ever be a part of Queens again with Nasty Bees again. She could never perform with them, record with them. And that wasn't something that she was willing to give up. She tells Jojo, like, I don't have to explain my actions to you. And so JoJo was like, You never explain anything to me. Like, I don't even know who my dad is. And that's something that JoJo continues to throw up in Naomi's face. So Naomi tells her, well, I don't want to mess you up more than I already have. So she leaves. Eventually she comes back with some Jays and some tacos for JoJo. And they had a really, really cute moment. Um you know, she explained to her about black girl magic and what it means. And, you know, just for her to hold her head up high and to know that she's just as great as anybody else that's there. So JoJo killed, JoJo killed her performance. It was amazing. And then she ended it with Nasty Girl. I don't know whose idea it was to include those classic hip hop, um, songs, but pure genius, pure genius. And that girl, I don't, I can't think of her real name right now, but she executed that so beautifully and she played the hell out of them keys. It was amazing to watch. So Naomi was so proud. She was like, I'm not going to clap for my baby. I said, that's a pure black mama right there. <laughs> that is a pure black mama. That was a pure beautiful moment. Um, so Jojo ended up getting into the school, but she still wants to know who her dad is and she asked Naomi if you have like anything like any tips you can give me you know I want to find him for myself and I'm like Naomi tell that baby who her daddy is why why are we going through this you know what I'm saying I, I felt for her in that moment but that was the end of them so Valeria we all know Valeria can't write and she can't rap but she she wants to prove Naomi wrong so she goes and seeks help from Eric and to be honest Valeria's storyline is one that I'm not really interested in. Um, but we do find out that she was pregnant at one point, I'm assuming it was Eric's and she decided to terminate the pregnancy. Um, Eric tells her that, you know, for what it's worth, he believes she would have been a good mother. And she makes it very clear that she does not regret anything that she's done. She does not regret her decision and she would basically do it again. And so they show like, you know, this montage of, Valeria in the studio we can't hear her but it looked like she bringing some heat and so when all the girls get together back into the studio they vibing they having a good time and then you know Naomi was like Queens they changed the name of the group from Nasty Bees to Queens which I'm so appreciative of because it was about time to retire that name and so I I like that scene they all it was cute they was all vibing so on and so forth and so Once that happened, we see that um, Eric is home and he's listening to some old tracks from the girls and he comes up on a track from Naomi and she's talking about how, you know, she's living in the house with a man who's not her spouse and there's life growing inside of her without no doubt. And so Eric kept replaying it like, what the hell did she say? Not knowing that Valeria had walked in and she overheard it and she was like, Jojo is yours. And we see that. Um, Jill, Alicia shows up to Jill's hotel room and they get it in. So I was not prepared for the ending. Okay. Um, basically. Brianna comes to a place of realization that she loves her husband and she wants to make it work. So she's talking to Jeff and I'm looking, I was like, wait a minute. I see Jeff his eyes are open. Jeff is isn't, isn't moving. Jeff is still. Jeff isn't blinking. I said I know the hell not. I know this man is not dead. I know he is not dead. I know that. Jeff was dead. And you know, Bree is continuing to talk to him. She has no idea because her back was to him. But Jeff wasn't responding. And she was like, "You know, Jeff, can do you hear me? Like do you hear what I'm saying to you?" And I'm like, "No, baby." Jeff does not hear anything that you're saying to him and I felt so bad in that moment and she once she realized that Jeff had passed you know she laid in like she closed his eyes and she laid in the bed and you know what I, I'm you know I was a little taken aback because I'm like you know what I didn't like Jeff but in this episode I was beginning to like him like yes I get okay yeah cool maybe y'all can work it out I didn't like the brother but damn it I ain't want him to die like I was not I got emotional I didn't cry or nothing but it I I just I didn't know that was going to happen and that really was like whoa you killed them off in the third episode what's really going on this is such a great show I I really love Queens I like where it's going I love that I don't feel like one character is getting more camera time than the others they do a great job at balancing out the screen time for these different people and I absolutely love it and adore it so that is episode three and so now we're about to get into episode four which is entitled ain't no sunshine of queens entitled ain't no sunshine where it left off in episode three um Brie was still lying next to Jeff she googled how <laughs> I said it Paul, baby She Googled how to dispose of a body and then she kind of shook her head like, no, that ain't, that's, that's not it. So it was, um, it was clear as day that she had no idea what to do in this moment. And I love that they showed that because when something like that happens, you do not always know what to do, especially if this is your first time being in that type of situation. So she called the coroner's office and they came to retrieve Jeff's body. And, you know, she was trying to have them be as quiet as possible because the children were asleep. And so once they came and it was, you know, getting his body together, she kissed him on the cheek before they zipped the bag all the way up. And she pondered if she should awake her children and let them know, but decided to give them one more night of just, you know, peace and normalcy. So as she closed the door, once the, once she saw that they placed his body in the, in the back of the the truck, she closed the door and just to have a, a moment, just to take a deep breath, and then she hears her son asking if everything is okay. And so she puts them back to bed and he asked, was, you know, their dad awake? And uh, was he still taking them to the Lakers game? And, you know, I, I, in that moment, cause a lot of times when I watch shows, I kind of put myself in that position to say like, dang, I wonder how I would respond if this happened to me. And honestly, I, I drew a blank cause I don't know what I would do, <clears throat> excuse me, in that situation where I have to deliver such shattering news to my five children that their father is gone. I don't know. I don't know how I would do that, but I do believe they wrote Brianna very realistically. And I would get into that in a minute. Um, because a lot of people felt like her, her portrayal, Eve's portrayal of Brianna was not real. And I completely disagree with that. So, um, she called Jeff's mom to let him know, to let her know, you know, about her son's passing. And so um, she went on his IG page and it was full of pictures of her and their children. It was even a picture of her with Naomi from their, from one of their like recent performances, which I thought was cute. And so we could kind of see that Jeff was a supportive husband, but there was just, you know, now that he's gone, we would never know the reason he decided to have an affair unless Alexis can shine some revelation, you know what I'm saying, upon us. But other than that, we, we don't know. And so um, once she ends the call with the mom, Jeff's phone rings, and it's Alexis calling at an hour that her ass shouldn't be calling. I'm like, hmm. Okay, baby girl, just can't take the ignoring as a clue. But okay, but I, I, I get it. I, I do get it. So um, Bree goes to wash some. Cl- some clothes and then um she sits at the table and pours a drink and literally sits there until the sun rises so the kids are awake you know she makes breakfast for them they all sit at the table and her oldest son asks if she's okay and she tells them it's something I have to tell you guys so we do not hear her tell the children about just passing but we know that's what she told them so we get to Naomi Eric and Jojo and so Eric is knocking on Naomi's door and basically she barely opened the damn door. He was like, you know, um, basically, is he JoJo's dad? And so she lets him know to lower his voice because he doesn't know. But JoJo is, you know, right there. And um, he lets her know, like, nah, you got to tell me something. I heard your old record. And basically, you know, he repeated what she said. And he was like, you know, I, I need to know. And so you hear JoJo asking, you know, what was going on. And, you know, Naomi was like, nothing, baby he is, and I, I just don't like all the, the secrecies with that, but I, I get it. And so she gets a phone call from Bree and, you know, she lets Eric know what's going on and she let Bree know that she will be right over there. And so Eric and Jojo meet for the first time, you know, he's kind of looking like, like, wow, this is my, you know, this is my daughter and she has no clue who the hell he is. And so, um, Jill, Jill is sleeping ever so lovely after her rendezvous. And so she gets a text from Tina, letting her know that she is in LA and she's on her way to see her. Meanwhile, Alicia is in Jill's bed and she thinks it's funny how Jill is reacting. And the fact that Jill believes that her first lesbian relationship will be her last, even though Jill claims she loves Tina. Alicia basically tells her that, look, you are finally out and you know open with your sexuality explore that basically she was like don't be tied down to someone when you not have your freedom to explore the part of you that's been hidden you know what I'm saying and basically un, I guess not explored for so long so give yourself the grace to do that so we get to Bree and the priest and he's basically you know asking her is there anything she want to say about her husband And you could tell she's out of it. She doesn't even like, she's just sitting there. And so Eric calls her name and she, she kind of pops up and she was like, you know, husband, father, adulterer. (laughs) And Valeria was like, you might want to leave that part out. I was like, okay, this is the, I agree with Valeria, even though that is the truth. I agree with her. Um, so the priest was like, don't, you know, don't worry about it. I will come up with something beautiful to say, but you do need to be prepared, you know, for your remarks. And so, yeah, let's deal with Brie and this grief. Because I felt like people gave Eve such a hard time um, in this moment. And which I thought was unfair. I'm like, you know, listen. When you're dealing, I am someone who has lost several people close to me. You do not know how you are going to respond when you get the news. You don't know. You, you just don't know. You, some people break down and cry. Some people are, you know, So focused on the arrangements of the funeral. They don't have time to even consider how they feel in the moment. They will deal with their stuff later or whatever the case may be. I felt like the way that Brianna responded was very normal. And then you think about all the emotions that she, that she has. She's dealing with the fact that my husband died. We were not in a great place. I was mad with him. I was angry. He left me to raise these kids by myself. I have to be strong for my children. I can't let them see me break down. I got to hold it together. There's a lot going on. And so I just felt like hearing people say it was unrealistic. And there's one unrealistic part for me, but I'll get into that later. Um, I felt the way that she handled this was a true depiction of someone who is in a state of shock and still have to function and, deal and, and be put in a position where they really can't deal with their emotional state at the time so I I thought it was realistic I didn't see a problem with it so Jill Naomi and Tina arrives and Jill leads them into a word of prayer and so I believe it was Naomi who asked her how the children were and she was just like you know I just I don't want to talk about it let's talk about I need to talk about something else what's going on with y'all and they all and they all was like in, in, nothing going on y'all we good we good because they don't want to reveal their messy business to her because all of them are in mess right now every last person on this show got some drama going on which i'm here for because it's drama that makes sense so i'm like you know I'm, i'm all here for it so on and so forth but um she briefly talks to tina and jill because before she gets to them tina was like does she seem off and jill was like off like she just lost her husband and tina you know, she was like, well, I know, but it doesn't seem like she's shed a tear. And so that's when Brianna walks over and thanks them for coming. And, um, you know, Jill lets her know that she has the freedom to feel whatever she wants. And then her son comes over to let her know that Olivia won't stop crying. And so she looks to Jill and Tina and was like, you know, no, I don't. Like, I She doesn't have the freedom, as I just talked about earlier. She doesn't have the freedom to feel And to have an outlet to deal with those emotions. Because she has to be mommy to five kids who have lost their dad. So I understood that completely. And so Eric, uh, Jojo, Valeria, and Naomi. So Jojo, (laughs) well before we get to Jojo coming, um, Naomi is standing by the bathroom. And so uh, Eric was like, you know, um, basically Naomi tells him, like, don't be selfish. Our friend is grieving. And he basically was like, you know, you have some nerve to talk about selfish after like what you done to me. And so we see JoJo comes and they quickly, you know, stop talking. And so Jojo tells him, I have to use the restroom. All the restrooms are full. But I'd rather pee in a bush than to be up here in the middle of whatever they got going on. So Valeria comes out of the restroom and everybody was like, hey, hey, hey. Very uncomfortable moment. And so JoJo rushes into the restroom and Naomi walks away. And Valeria tells Eric that, you know, she is older explanation. Like he got some explaining to do. Y'all, I was so happy. I was so happy that Valeria finally found out that she has always been number two. Always. Always, always, always. And so later in the episode, Naomi and Eve, Naomi and Eve, Naomi and Eric have a conversation about JoJo and him not knowing that he was her father. And it's been 20 years, you know, 20 years of things he's missed out on. I did understand where he was coming from, but I didn't feel bad for him. And so when Naomi began to explain, you know, the humanity of Naomi, because Naomi is more so like that character who gonna say what it is. I don't give a damn how you feel. This is just what it is. But I think also to see that sensitive side of her when she told Eric, you know, that you and Valeria took the very thing that meant the most to me, which was my music. And with Eric, you know, it's like, I want to like Eric, but I just feel like, you know, we see how he, what he's renting of a mansion and these women, they don't, they don't gotta like that. I don't think that they're, they're not dirt poor or broke, but they don't have it. Like he has it other than Valeria. It seems like financially she may be, um, the the most financially stable member of the group, but dealing when you're dealing with music and in the music industry to take someone's publishing is like the worst that you can do because Naomi doesn't own anything. She wrote everything and has no ownership to anything. The only way that to me, Eric can redeem himself and truly make this thing right is to give Naomi her publishing back. Ain't you no know, to see her cry and break down. And I think the thing with Eric is that to me, he hasn't given her a sincere apology And the fact that he stole from her, like it was easy, he stole from her without thinking how this would affect her. She's supposed to be a woman that you love, that you would always choose. The only reason why y'all relationship wasn't out is because Naomi wanted it to be a secret, but you were able to construct this plan with Valeria to steal from these women who honestly put you on the map. So I don't, I don't have, I don't feel like any compassion for him whatsoever um I just didn't I didn't know like there are many ways that scene could be taken it could be taken where people have compassion for Eric it could be taken where people have compassion for Naomi for basically being the engine behind this group and having nothing to show for it no ownership of anything so I don't really care for Eric (laughs) I I feel like he's trying I really do but you know that's just how I feel right now and that whole thing so Alexis the mistress continues to call and Naomi isn't here for it like she was like hey she can get these hands whatever so Valeria is all in her feelings after finding out she was girlfriend number two and she feels that Alexis has the right to know and the other woman is still a human being with feelings I was like shut the hell up Valeria how the hell you turn this situation about you because in actuality, that's exactly what she did. She made the situation about her after finding out that she has always been the other woman. That at in at if any given moment Naomi told Eric, I want us to be together. I want the whole world to know. Then that's where he would have been. So I know her heart. You know, she in her feelings right now. And this is where even when I attempt to like Valeria, she always has to do something to mess the damn thing up truly overstepping her boundaries and she goes to alexis house to let her know that jeff has passed she breaks down valeria consoles her she asks valeria when is the funeral i said see what you done started no one told you to go over there this was something that had absolutely nothing to do with you this has everything to do with how brianna wants to handle this situation and nobody told you to include your two cents or your hurt feelings in this situation but that's what she did. So Jill and, um, Bree. So Jill, re- Jill reveals to Brie that she cheated on Tina and she was like, you know, please don't tell me I'm not a terrible person, blah, blah, blah. So Brie folded her hands like, hell, I wasn't going to tell you that, no way. <laughs> so Jill was like, you know, you can't tell me that I'm not a horrible person. And she was like, why is everybody so damn selfish? all this cheating and deceit and you know what I'm saying? Like whatever happened to commitment and honesty, I said, girl, Brie, I'm with you, sis. I'm with you all the way. Cause everybody up in here besides you, commitment and honesty is not something that, you know, is, you know, truly upheld, but I get it. And, um, she basically tells Jill, like, you need to be honest, tell her what what's going on, but you need to tell her the truth because Jill was so, gung-ho in defending Jeff and Bree couldn't understand it until Jill revealed her truth so Jojo and Eric they get locked in the basement I don't know how I feel about him giving this underage girl a beer from 2017 but anyway you know he basically wanted to know even though she's 20 even though she's made you know I guess like the right decisions throughout her life do she still have a desire to know who her father is and so Jojo was basically telling him that I, I don't know what type of relationship we would have, but I do still want to know, you know, and she has these feelings about her mom. She said, which I try not to dwell on because I don't want to think about what that says about her, about not knowing who my dad is. And he did attempt to redeem himself by telling her that, you know, your mom is proud of you. Cut her some slack back in the days was wild. And Jojo asked him does he know anything? Like you've been around, you must have seen someone, you know, someone she was hanging out with. And he was basically telling her that he doesn't, you know, he tried to keep, he wants to be alive. So he, so he kept himself out of Naomi's, you know, personal business. And so that was a cute scene. And when Naomi came in, you know, they hid the beer from her and, you know, she asked Jojo to go upstairs and she was just making sure that Eric did not tell her the truth or whatever the case may, be, because she felt like, After everything you've done to me, you at least owe me when I'm ready to tell her it's my responsibility to come up with that. Not you. I don't really care how you feel about wanting to know and all of this stuff. I'll do it in my time. So that was the, that was that with them. And so the funeral, Jesus Christ, (laughs) Valeria Valeria and Naomi was cursing all up in this church. I said, Lord have mercy, Jesus. But, um, (laughs) they getting all, you know, prepared and things of that nature. And the door opens It's Alexis. So they trying to figure out how the hell and why is she there? And Valeria tells, you know, Naomi, well, I kind of talked to her a little bit, sort of, kind of, and that's why she's here. So Brianna was about to tell them to shut the hell up. And she sees, Alexis and they was like "Bree, don't worry about it you know what I'm saying we got it and they almost was like yeah to beat her ass and Jill was like Naomi I said Lord this cursing up in this church but I'm here for it <laughs> normally I wouldn't be but I'm here for it so Bree was like no I got it I'm gonna just let her know that she kindly kindly that she needs to leave so Brianna I don't even know how they trusted that so Brianna walks to her she attacks Alexis And the girls rush to get her off of her. So they're like in the, the pre-study or whatever. And they just start laughing about the situation. Cause it was funny. And, um, Brianna tells them that she wants to talk to Alexis and they're, they're not here for it, but she was like, no, I do want to talk to her. So they give them that moment. They leave. Now, this is the part that I felt was unrealistic when now you can't control when someone, when it does hit someone and they break down. But it was the fact that she broke down to the mistress. I was like, nah, 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 come on. Come on nah. That's the part I didn't feel that was believable. That was the part that just got me like, this is who she's crying with and to. I didn't like that part. I just, I, I wasn't feeling that. I just felt like if she was going to have a breakdown, it should have been with someone who genuinely cares about her and they can give her the comfort that she needs in that moment. But you know, to each his own. So she was giving her, you know, remarks in the church. Jill was singing. We finally heard Natori do a solo because a lot of people forget that Natori can sing, that she was in 30W back in the day. And, um, you know, Naomi was playing the guitar. I thought it was a very, very beautiful moment. And then we see that, you know, Jill reveals to Tina that she cheated. And then, you know, go their separate ways. Tina was very understanding. I was like, who? yes, sis. Oh, that's some growth. Um, that's something that, you know, people aspire to get to a a port of maturity. And so we see the scene with Jojo, Naomi and Eric, and they're all holding hands. And even though it wasn't verbalized, Jojo understood what was happening. And I I actually did like that moment. I'm glad that it wasn't verbalized, but it was more so in action. I thought that was a very, very good way to display Naomi coming to a place of being honest with the both of them. I thought it was a very, very cute moment. So <laughs> then we see, oh Lord, we see Brie at the casket and Alexis is next to her. She's crying. Brie allowed her to have that moment and she breaks down, breaks down. And all of a sudden she throws up on the casket. I said, oh my God. So the kids was like, that's disgusting. Oh, that's disgusting. J- if you did not pay attention, go look at JoJo's face when Alexis throws up on this cast because it's like Jojo has the revelation like oh shit this girl is pregnant and now that was my reaction to like oh my god even though we kind of could see it was going in that direction and so Brianna was like you're pregnant aren't you then the classic Jay-Z it's a hard not life which was the perfect song to end that episode <laughs> it's a hard not life for us Instead of treated, we get kicked. It was, I loved it. That was the perfect song to put in that moment. All I know is that ABC baby has spent some coins on this show because the music in itself to get the rights so, to um play certain songs. Oh my God, they were in their bag with this series. So it was really good. I, I enjoyed this episode. This is becoming like one of my favorite shows out right now. super good i love the writing i love the dynamics of everybody on the show even though valeria as she continues week by week to get lower lower and lower down that totem pole she was already pretty low she was already pretty low she got lower this episode even though she tried to redeem herself it didn't work for me but um yeah this is a great 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 series um thank you guys for listening and until next time y'all be safe out there